Hi, I'm William Spaniel. Let's learn about some statistics. Today I want to go over the very basics of proportion testing and talk about what the intuition behind what statistical significance is. So there's actually many uses for proportion testing. You can look to see if your favorite sports team is really better than everybody else. You can check to see whether the coin that you're flipping is actually fair or weighted equally, so it comes up heads and tails equal amounts of times. Um, you can see if a bill is likely to pass a vote uh, in a popular election or something like that. And you can also talk about the mortality rate of a particular disease. So it's very versatile. You'll see this coming up in a lot of different academic writings and studies and so forth. And so it's important to actually understand what they mean when they talk about significance in this context. So we'll actually explore how to conduct these tests in, in later videos. But right now, I just wanted to go over, as I said, what the intuition behind what this hypothesis testing and statistical significance really means. And to do this, I'm going to use baseball as an example. There's a long-running theory that the home team has an advantage in baseball, but you know how can we really be sure? And well, one way we could check is by gathering data. So in the 2009 season, the home team won 1,333 games out of 2,430 total. And what we want to find out here is if this uh, information that we have is indicative of a pattern or if it's just a coincidence. Our default assumption, or what we call a null hypothesis right here, is that the home team wins 50% of the games. That's essentially saying that there's no advantage to being the home team and no disadvantage to being the home team either. Uh, that means it's up to the data to prove that something else is going on here. So it's it's sort of like um, in a trial, you have to have beyond a reasonable doubt. Essentially, what we're creating here is this definition of what reasonable doubt is and applying it rigorously using some statistics. So if we can't reject this null hypothesis, if we can't prove that this is not true beyond a reasonable doubt, well, we kind of just ignore it and, and chalk it up as coincidence. So that's that. Now let's get to some issues here. One problem with just looking at numbers and saying, well, yeah, this is indicative of a pattern is that data itself can be very tricky. Suppose that we only looked at three games and the home team won all of them. You might wonder, well, is that indicative of something? But well, you know, not really. If, if no team were to have a, an advantage, whether you're on the road or at home, so if the home team had no advantage, their expectation was they're going to win half the games at home anyway, it's easily possible for the home team to win all three of those games. But then we get into a problem of what exactly qualifies as solid evidence. What if they want 17 and 10? Obviously, that's a worse winning percentage, but here we have a larger sample. So is that indicative of something? Well, what about if they want 170 and 100? Now you have a much larger sample. It's the same percentage as the time where they only went 17 and 10. But you know we need a rigorous way of tracking this process. And fortunately, there's an important finding in statistics that allows us to create some solid rules for deciding whether or not something is significant. And there's three things that go into determining whether a finding is statistically significant. The first is the observed percentage. The further away from the hypothesized proportion, the more likely the result is to be statistically significant. So in our example, we were looking at baseball teams and we saw that the home team wins uh, about 55% of the games. You'll note that this isn't very far away from 50%. It's only 5% different. So you know maybe our results might not be conclusive because it's so close to that uh, null hypothesis of 50%. The second, uh, the second important element is the number of observations that you have in your study. It's also called the sample size or the size of the population of, of your sample. So the more data points you have, the more likely your result is to be statistically significant and the null hypothesis is, is actually wrong. So you can think of this as, as regressing toward the mean or, or something like that. You can go gambling in Vegas and you can win a lot of money in the short term, but you're not going to be able to sustain your luck forever. Eventually, reality is going to bring you down to whatever your average win percentage. 
percentage is. And so that's really what's going on here with the more data you have, the more confident you can be that whatever percentage that you've observed is actually closer to the actual percentage. So you're, you're reducing your sort of a margin of error, so to speak. And that's what's going to be helping you out in, in the second part here. So uh, in the baseball example, we've observed 2,430 games, and that's a lot. So despite the fact that our observed proportion was so close to the null hypothesis, the 54.9% observed percentage was very close to our null hypothesis of 50%, you know, maybe our results will be statistically significant after all. And finally, the third element has to do with what the null hypothesis was. The closer it is to 50%, either coming from above or below, uh, the less likely the result is to be statistically significant. And this is a little bit technical, unlike the other two, which had a, a lot more of a straightforward reason why that's the case. But here, the reason is that one of the ways that you calculate uh, statistical significance is using the standard deviation. And the larger the standard deviation is, the harder it is for something to become statistically significant. So the standard deviation as it turns out when you're dealing with percentages is largest at 50% and smallest at 0 and 100% and as you move away from 50% in either direction it becomes smaller which decreases your margin of error what we call a confidence interval to be technical um, and that will make it harder for you to show that something is statistically significant so in our baseball example the null hypothesis was you know there's no advantage for the home team and no disadvantage so your uh, null hypothesis here is 50% and we have no help here unfortunately as of result. So I actually ran this test in my own time. I'm not presenting the math behind it quite yet. We'll look at that later um, in a different video. But I found out that this was actually better than 99% statistically significant. So what is the intuition behind that statement? What does that mean when I say that this, uh, this test that I ran came out as more than 99% significant? Well, it means that if we were to rerun the 2009 season, so if essentially we could go back in time and play that season over again, you know, and we get different results because, you know, baseball is, is a bunch of chance. And so whatever happened in one game might not happen again in the next game. Um, what that means by saying that this is 99% percent statistically significant is that if we redid the 2009 season just you know a bunch of times an arbitrarily large number of times then the expectation is that 99 percent of those seasons would come out at least 99 percent because i said this is more than 99 percent of statistically significant statistically significant so at least 99 percent of those games or sorry of those seasons that are played would have results where the home team wins more than half of the games so basically what we're saying here is that this result is really robust and if we went back and redid the data again and again and again and again and again, and again and we see similar results where we keep getting results that are greater than 50%. Now there are three types of statistical significance that you'll frequently see in the literature and in academic journals and so forth. You'll see something called 90% statistical significance, 95% statistical significance, and 99% statistical significance. Now all of those percentages are simply analogous to what I said earlier. So if something came up 90% statistically significant, that means if you reran the data generating process a bunch of times, then 90% of those times would come up uh, greater than or less than, depending upon what you were looking at, uh, your null hypothesis. So 90% really isn't that good. So when we see something with 90% statistical significance, the 
the best recommendation I can give is to only believe those results if you have a good theory behind them. So in this baseball example, if we had a 90% statistical significance, you know, we might be willing to accept the fact that the home team doesn't have the home team does have an advantage because we have a good theory why that would be the case. They bat last, which is a strategic advantage. They know how many runs they need, whereas the away team doesn't bat last, so they don't know that. And the home team also doesn't have to travel, so they're going to be less tired. So there's a good theoretical reason to believe that the home team in baseball has uh, an advantage over the away team. But not all things that you'll be looking at would have uh, that sort of theory behind it. We might not know what's the case. Uh, we might not have any intuition or any good guess beforehand before we conduct these uh, studies. So, you know, when you have 90% 90, 90 statistical significance, you really have to be cautious about your results there because it's very easy to come up with a false positive. 95% uh, statistical significance uh, here. Um, if you don't already have a good theory behind these results, you should start considering one. So it's unlikely that you'll be getting false positives here. It's still possible, of course, but it's, it's very unlikely. And so you should really start considering some theories behind your results if you don't already have one. And finally, you'll also see 99% statistical significance. And here it's just extremely unlo unlikely that the results that you're getting are purely coincidental. So at that point, you definitely have to start considering theories. Again, it's possible because it's not 100% statistically significant that you'll get uh, a false positive here with this 99% statistical significance. But it's just very unlikely that your results are going to be giving you, um, or sorry, your data will be giving you those results if your null hypothesis were true. So you really need to start considering other theories or theories behind what your results are if you get something that's 99% statistically significant. All right, that wraps that up. Um, so we just had a quick look at what the meaning is behind hypothesis testing and statistical significance and when we're looking at proportions or percentages like we were with this uh, baseball example and win percentages. Uh, join me later when we start looking at some actual calculations on how to do the mathematics behind these, uh, these, these formulations and the calculations behind statistical significance and proportion testing.